Well, hey there, DLs. It's Revzy. So remember when Jem was like, oh, I bet I get COVID next and then we'll have to remote record again. It happened. Okay, it happened. So she's in ISO. Her hubs is crook. She's crook. They've got very little kids. So we're calling it. We're so sorry, but we also know you'll totally get it. And we didn't want to leave you without something in your ears while you're cleaning or you're driving or you're on your way to your shift or you're pretending to parent. So what we're going to do is drop two of your absolute all-time favorite episodes into the feed today and on Tuesday. If you're an OG listener, you might remember these. And if you're new here, well, we hope you enjoy some back catalog vintage episodes all the way from a year ago. Love you lots. We'll be back with fresh content as soon as Gem is out of ISO. Oh, we're really doing this. This is going to be the intro. Look, I feel like people would miss it if we got rid of it. But I love the one of these days we'll have an intro to our podcast. But then it's awkward because what if we're doing this in like a year's time and we're like, one of these days and people are like, yeah, get your fucking intro together. Go get a song. What do you think? Do we need a new intro? I think we should write something oh i smell a challenge (laughs) i think you should get out the guitar should we do a jingle challenge oh my god hang on let's make this competitive yes you write a jingle and i'll write a jingle yes and then the people can decide i am so here for this yes done tick add it to the list (laughs) hello and welcome to we don't have time for this i am your host Gemma peanut on the gram and here's my co-host Kate! And you are definitely somebody because, um, did I see that we have over 18,000 plus downloads of our first two episodes? Yeah, but I'm going to hold on to my nobody tag for as long as I can because I'm really comfy in it. And it suits you. And I feel like I'm a woman of the people. I feel like everyone has aligned themselves to you and they're like, yes, Kate! I'm the normie. You're the normie! (laughs) So what exciting news did we wake up to this morning? Oh, we're number 25 on the Apple charts. Guys, I am shook. Absolutely shook. Like, how did that happen? I don't understand. I don't understand it either, but we're not going to be diminishing ourselves or apologizing or making ourselves any smaller. We're going to be like, we're number 25. I have never been so happy to be number 25. It's really fun. And we're just so stoked that you're all here. Seriously, guys, it's unbelievably touching that you guys actually care and that you're willing to hang out with us for a good old 45 minutes. And a few of you even listened to both episodes back to back, which means you spent over an hour and a half with us, which is really impressive. We're just happy to extend our friendship group to 15,000 of you. Yay! Yay! (laughs) And the people have things they want to know now, Jim. This is true. First of all, overwhelmingly, they want to know why you aren't getting boozed with me every time we record. Dear listener, I really romanticize the idea of drinking. In fact, I'm almost jelly that you get to enjoy a glass of wine at sunset or when it's raining or with your friends. And everyone has these jokes on Instagram about like cracking open the wine after they've had a hellish day with their children. And I'm sitting there with coconut water and it's not quite the same. So the reason why I don't drink, there's many reasons. So numero uno, my taste buds are as sophisticated as a six-year-old and I simply don't like the taste of alcohol. However, in my teens, I used to drink all the time, but I drunk to get wasted and the fastest way to get wasted was to do shots. I'd just feel the burn really quickly and it was over and done with. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. Well, don't you remember that like tequila nectar slowly lava burning your throat? No, because unlike you, I wasn't like a teen binge drinker. (laughs) 
But anyway, continue. So I'm secretly in AA. (laughs) So that's one thing. I don't like the flavor. The second thing is, and I'm going to put this back to my Asian heritage and roots. We are just not born to drink. There's something in our DNA. There is some science behind it. I'll pull up some bogus blog post about it so that it's legitimate. But I turn beetroot red when I drink and I get wasted after two sips of champagne. I am kissing concrete and I am a total liability to everyone and it's just not fun. And I got tired of being that person. And especially since becoming a mum, I have two to three day hangovers and it's just not worth it. Like I wish the reason I wasn't drinking was because I was all high and mighty and self-righteous about how healthy and clean living I am. But holy shit, if you saw what I ate, (laughs) Revs. What are your thoughts on my diet? Oh, I mean, you may as well drink (laughs) hard liquor for breakfast with what you eat in terms of nutritional value. (laughs) I am an ice cream in the morning kind of girl. However, you're forgetting the third or maybe you're about to say the third reason. I remember when we were younger, you didn't drink because you didn't like spending your money on drinks. Well, now I just sound like a tight ass. (laughs) It's fine. Own it. I'm definitely a sensible Sandy with money. For sure. And you couldn't understand how we could go out when we were like 19, 20 and spend $100, $150 on drinks in the cross. You're so right. I was like, you are literally pissing away money. Whereas I would rather spend money on a dress and get lots of wear out of it. I'd rather spend money on a dress and then people buy me drinks. (laughs) (laughs) This is so not woke, this chat. (laughs) Hang on, hang on. Hold up. Can we just flash back to your hens party? When I was rolling in cash because I was working on Neighbours and I was in my early 20s and I had never earned that much money in my life. And I was like, what is all this cash I have in my bank account? Like I was used to earning like three to five hundred dollars a week max, slogging my guts out at a pub. And at your hens, I bought shots. I did one round of shots for 20 people. I remember. And then I think we did like a dance routine. I think we were on the stage. I, th- oh, I remember it was to Beyonce or the single ladies, which is ironic because you were no longer a single lady. Oh my God. We just continued that theme of forcing our dramatic pursuits on the people we love. Do you have photos? I bet I do. Someone will. Who was there? You <laughs> yeah, know who not you to are. It. You know who you are. Send us some photos. <laughs> we need to post it to the gram. Now, the interesting thing about being a non-drinker in Australia specifically, because I'm half Thai, as I mentioned about my Asian roots, being a non-drinker in Thailand is completely normal and accepted. But in Australia, it is so deeply ingrained in Aussie culture that it's really hard to come up against the casual drinkers. (laughs) The most common question I get is, why don't you drink? When I feel like I want to flip it around and say, well, why do you drink? The answer for me to get blasted no not really (laughs) not as a mum you can't deal with that hangover no here's a hot tip you don't get a hangover if you just roll into drinking again the next day do they call that hair of the dog i don't know this is sounding like i have a problem i just don't know how you get through that bedtime bath time routine what do you use to get yourself through from three to seven Sorry, five to seven. I love my ice cream. I love my chocolate. Look, I do eat healthily as well, for sure. Like I'm, you know, meat and three veg, whatever kind of girl. But I love my snacks. Jemmy, I didn't ask you for your day on a plate. I said, how do you get through bedtime, bath time routine without wine? I suffer. (laughs) That's how. 
I choose to suffer. I know I need something to take the edge off and I don't feel like smoking a joint is appropriate anymore at this age. I don't think so. I don't think you can do bedtime, bath time safely stoned. (laughs) For me, it's like, this is terrible. And we don't, obviously we don't advise any of this. I feel like we have to say that, but I have had periods where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to drink for a month. I'm going to do dry July or just to prove to myself that I'm, I can do it. And I find that bedtime bath time slog so much harder. If I just have one or two wines under the belt, or at least just that it's, even if it's just sitting there on the counter, getting warm, I know it's there for me. And I don't feel so alone. Dear listener, this is the first time we're actually recording an episode in the morning. Normally, Rebs and I have been recording our episodes at night with a glass of wine, a coconut water in a wine glass to make me feel bougie. But it's like 7 a.m. I don't even think it's hit 7 yet. It is freaking early. Um, you are coffeeed up, though. You've had your caffeine hit. Not enough. I'm only on my second coffee. I'm a four coffee gal. <laughs> and how many coffees do I drink? Zero. Again, don't know how you get up and get on with it. Like, seriously, I don't know how I would go on without the beverage cycle of my day. I can't wake up until I've had one coffee. Don't even look at me until I've had one coffee. I can't begin to form thoughts until two. And then I don't hit my stride until halfway through the third one when I log on and start working. And then I need another one, like two, just to get through that afternoon. And then it's time to crack the wine. <laughs> My closest girlfriends have always said to me, oh, second child, you are going to be a coffee drinker, Gem. I'm predicting this for you. And I was like, sure. And then I haven't. But I will tell you a little coffee story for you. So part of the reason why I also don't drink coffee, I feel like the bore in the duo. Is this what's happening? Like you're the one that everyone's going to be like, I'm team Kate. I identify and relate with Kate. I relate with Kate. Jem, shmem. <laughs> Rhymes with phlegm. Jem, shmem. I relate with Kate. <laughs> oh no, that can't become a thing. You just made it a thing. You're just going to have to own that one. Oh my gosh. Team Kate. Let me finish my story. So part of the reason why I also don't drink coffee is because a friend of ours, actually, whose mum is a mental health nurse, she said that I'm what's called neuroleptically naive. And when these kinds of toxins, that's right, I'm shaming you all, enter my body specifically, I have an adverse reaction to it. I just feel like you're just not trying hard enough. If you practiced having a coffee every day, look, no one has their first sip of coffee or their first sip of wine and goes, yum, love this for me. It's one of those things that over time you build up a palate for and then you become this like smug sophisticate who's like, I like my coffee really strong and really black and really short. And I like my wine from the Yarra Valley only. Well, I have that level of specifications about how I consume ice cream. I like my ice cream in a short tumbler glass. Stop, stop. (laughs) don't try and become sophisticated with ice cream (laughs) why not this is a big stretch no it's not it's my vice but i'm just trying to imagine you getting through the bedtime bathroom routine needing two hands to have ice cream or do you put it in a cone look i basically survive grip my teeth through bed bath time routine and then i collapse in a heap on the couch with my ice cream ah and this is why your kids are in bed by six correct back to my story Years ago, when I used to work on the TV show Neighbours, I played a character called Jade Mitchell for a couple of years. It was the best time of my life. 
So I came on to the show as a guest for four months and then my contract changed to become a series reg, as they call it. It was a very exciting day when that happened. I know it was. And I had to move to Melbourne and everything. But I had to join the opening credits. <gasps> I love this story. <laughs> I coming back to love you? this story. Continue. So for the opening credits, my character had to be in a bikini sitting by a pool and I was like fuck my life why can't I be the daggy character why do I have to come in as this feisty bad girl who's like trying to steal everyone's husband so I had to wear this bikini and as all women do I was like freaking out about it and on the morning of I was supposed to film my section of the opening credits at eight o'clock in the morning and I was like great my tummy will be flat I won't have breakfast I'll be feeling good and then I can binge after we've shot it None of this is recommended. (laughs) This is all very unhealthy thinking. Can we just also go back to the fact that I was in my very early 20s? And it was your first TV role. We all get it. You know, I was riddled with insecurity in my early 20s. Amazing. This is exactly how you felt. And it's great that you're sharing this. Continue with my favorite story. So gets to 8am. The producer has reordered the opening credit shoot. So I get pushed back to 10am. So I was like, "Mm, I'm pretty hungry, but okay, I'll just put up with it. Suddenly the schedule gets pushed further and further back and I go up to the lines producer and I was like, hey, Seamus, um, what time am I going to be shooting my by the pool in a string bikini shot for the opening titles? Because I'm about to faint. And he was like, oh, it's looking likely to be closer to one or two in the afternoon. And I was like, flip a dick. So someone said to me, drink a coffee. Just drink a coffee. That'll get you through. Was the whole team on board with you not eating? Was it like, how are we going to get Jem through not <laughs> eating for a whole day so she can look skinny on the telly? Oh, God. I can go into so many things about the acting industry and young, impressionable girls and how fucked up it is. Yeah, so everyone was almost pitying me. They were like, this poor girl, but we get it. Like, you want to have that flat ab situation for the opening credits because the opening credits is on every episode. It's not like a one-off, you know, episode 275 or whatever. It's every episode that I'm in. So someone suggested that I drink a coffee. I was like, great, I'll drink a coffee. Why not? Whatever's going to keep me awake and stop me from passing out. And I had never drunk coffee before. And Chris Milligan, who played my boyfriend on Neighbours, was like, I'll get you a coffee. And I said, oh, but I don't want milk because milk is bloating. This is so embarrassing, thinking (laughs) back to like 20-year-old Jem versus me in my 30s. And so Chris got me a long black. Oh, God. Right? Not a starter coffee. Not a starter coffee. What was he thinking? So sure enough, I necked it the way I would tequila in my teens. Guys, at Chris Milligan and shame him for this shameful behavior. The impact was immediate. I, first of all, shat myself in the toilet, not in my costume, but I had to run to the bathroom. Like I didn't realize the full effects of caffeine. And now I get why people drink it. It's a way to keep lean. No, (laughs) no. No, Jim. Jim, this is not a thing that happens to people who drink coffee as part of their daily routine. Oh my God, people not- don't drink coffee to shit themselves. People are going to like troll our podcast for being no, the worst. People are going to troll you, Team Kate, Team Kate, Jim Schmem. So you shit yourself on the set of Neighbours. Continue, and I then got the sweats. I didn't know that was a effect of coffee as well and I was sitting in the corner shaking like a leaf 
a shell of my former self for sure. And everyone was like, are you okay? And I was like, I am not okay. But as a true show must carry on trooper performer that I am, I got on that swimming pool set and I handled that scene like a boss. And you know what? I watched those opening credits and I'm like, yeah, girl, you suffered for that. You <laughs> suffered for that. And look, look at you with your flat stomach. I have never looked that good ever, ever again. I think you look the most beautiful you've ever looked at this moment in your life right now. But it is ironic that you're sitting by a pool. You just look so carefree. And the idea that all of this drama went into that moment is- Carefree. More like care fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect time to conclude the story about me and my caffeine on neighbors. <laughs> so do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for, Kate? Getting ready with kids in the house. Oh, nightmare. Let me tell you about my morning yesterday. So we have our work Christmas party today and I wanted to come here early and do this podcast with you and then I can work from here and then go to the Christmas party. I'm sorry, can I interject really quickly? Yes. Dear listener, Kate looks fucking great. <laughs> so put together. She is so put together. She is a vision of orange or tangerine. I don't know, but you look amazing. We need to get a photo of you up looking like the bomb. I have put outfit. a full face of makeup on with a trawl. I'm hoping it lasts to lunch. Not only that, but she wore heels. Got bloody heels on. Who anyway, are you? I don't know. So because I had so much to do before the Christmas party, I wanted to get ready at home early this morning. So that was all done. And then I can get on with the day because I don't have time to get ready at any other point in the day. However, my kids were home. So you literally can't do a single step in your getting ready routine without mom in the background or someone under your legs or standing on your foot or mom, watch this or mom, Teddy did this to me or insert annoying attention grabbing moment here. First of all, I got in the shower. Teddy decides he wants to get in the shower with me. So he's like, mommy, can I get in the shower with you? And he was up last night sleeping on me for about two hours. So I was like, you know what, mate? No, mommy needs some personal space. I'm going to have my shower on my own. And then he goes, I want to come in with you. Like zero to 10, real whingy straight away. Takes off his clothes, just jumps on him. And I'm like, cool. I'm not going to have like a physical fight in a slippery wet zone with my three-year-old. So I'm like, cool probably easier just to let him come in and stand between my legs while I wash my hair. We get out, we get dry. Suddenly I'm drying him and brushing his hair and getting him into his clothes when I really need to be getting ready. I handball him to his dad and I start doing my makeup and Isla's like, Ooh, what's that? When she sees my hell, hell, what is it with kids and makeup? When she sees my eyeshadow palette, I get it. It's real pretty. And she wants to start putting on eyeshadow as well. She can't, she's going to school. And just leave me alone. <laughs> just let me do it. And then Teddy comes in and goes, ooh, what's that? And finds my eyelash curler. And then he's running around going, robot, robot, with my eyelash curler. I'm like, it's not a robot. It's an eyelash curler. It's and I need it to curl my eyelashes. And I'm like, great. He's <laughs> trying to do that. I'm not nagging, but can you take the fucking kids away from me for 10 minutes? Thing. And he's really good. Like He's trying. But when they are told they can't be somewhere, it's oh, the only place they want to be. So I try to close the bathroom door. I try to carve 
up some space. And we live in a two bedroom apartment. There's not like I've got a second bathroom or somewhere that's my getting ready space that I can run away to. I'm in the family bathroom and I've got a coffee on the, on the basin. I've got my hair straightener plugged in. I've got an eyeshadow palette open, all resting precariously on this basin. You know what's going to happen, right? So Teddy comes in and knocks over my foundation and it goes all over the train. Oh no, did it crack? Yes, it cracked and it went gurgling down the drain. And it's like this really good foundation. It's always the good one. They never go for the cheap one. Never. So I'm like getting my foundation brush and like, and by the way, I didn't have a foundation brush six months ago, but there's a little recommendation. So I get my foundation brush and I'm like mopping it up amongst the glass. And then I'm like, oh God, don't cut your face. Don't cut your face. Anyway, step one, foundation is on. Well done. And I'm like, I've got to go. I feel like you deserve a medal just to get your foundation on. And then I look outside and it's raining. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like 6am. I'm in heels. I've got to get to Jem's house. And the kids are just clinging to me. Isla's hitting me with it. It's my last day of kindy. I want you to drop me off today. And all these things. And I'm just standing there looking at my husband like, why can't they want you <laughs> just today for one hour? Can they want you? They just want me. Uh, Why? Because that kids love to punish you. It's like when you go out somewhere and then you ha- come home late and you've organized a babysitter. And then for the first time in a long time, they decide to wake up like 10 times in the night asking for things like water, which they've never done before. How very dare they? And I'm not even the fun parent. Like I've done Ooh, that. No, I challenge. That. I am not the fun parent. And I have cultivated that deliberately. Hang on, hang on. But you are craft mum. Yeah, yeah. You I'm- are fun mum because you are craft mum. I am not craft mum. And I look at you as hashtag goals. I do love a bit of craft, but my husband will play games with them. He invents games. He will write stories. He will make up shows. He does all the fun stuff. I feel like I have negged my kids and it's a hard to get situation where they're like, mommy, please love me. (laughs) And they just want me. Treat them mean, keep them keen. And normally I have a lot of time for that. I love being their favorite, but... This morning, I just wanted one hour, not even, I wanted half an hour to pull myself together. As regular listeners of the podcast will know, I find that hard enough as it is. So I can look nice at my work Christmas party today. And they didn't let me. And I just don't have time for it. And despite what Kate says, she looks fucking amazing. And I'm going to make her post a photo on the gram to share with you her beautiful outfit and especially Fandangle earrings. Oh, I'm so into earrings again. Yes. Statement earrings. I think it's about having short hair. You need like earrings now. Yeah. Anyway, Jem, what don't you have time for? You know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? I don't have time for potty training the same kid a second time around. Ah, redo. Redo. It's killing my vibes. I feel like I need to state this again um, for anyone who doesn't follow my stories regularly, but (laughs) expectations versus reality when it comes to potty training. So many people had me convinced that I would be able to potty train Rafa in three days. And I think without sounding like smug dance mum parent, but Rafa's really bright for her age. So everyone, including you, Revs, was saying, Rafa will nail it. She'll smash it. She'll potty train herself, Gem. You won't need to worry about it. I know I did. And I really did see that for you. Yeah, you set me up for failure. Oh no. You did. I was like, yeah, my girl, she's so smart. She's just going to like figure it out in like 12 hours. Uh, How wrong you were. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So I followed this potty training routine where you're supposedly it claims that you can potty train your child in three days. 
So I just want to set everyone's expectations. Just tell yourself it's going to take three months. And if your kid nails it in three days, woohoo, good on you, fucking champion, get a medal. So Rafa took a solid three months to really, really get on top of her potty training. Three grueling months of cleaning up shit off the floor. I have floorboards and yet she still, like a homing missile, does it on the freaking carpet in her room. I just, it kills my vibes. So Rafa got on top of her toilet training and I thought, oh my God, we've come out the other side. The fog has lifted. Life can go back to normal. Then we had the regression and boy, did that regression hit me hard. She did initially take to it really well. So I can see how you were hoodwinked because in the first two, three days, she was nailing it, right? Yeah, yeah. You just can't remember that now through your fog of shit on the carpet. But she, in the first two or three days, she gave the illusion of being toilet trained. I remember your stories were like, guys, I'm so proud of Rafa. Look at these stickers I bought her. This is how you toilet train. She's just a dirty con artist. (laughs) She's a dirty con artist. She made a fool out of you. She did. She did. I'm really upset about it, as you can probably tell from the tone of my voice. So when did she regress? So it looked like she nailed it quickly. She probably regressed immediately in that after those three days. And then it was a slow burn. And I readjusted my expectations to go, okay, I'm going to strap myself in. This is a process. I'm okay with that. Then she was nailing it. Then we went away on holiday. Ah, never do that. The quickest way to fuck up your children is to take them on holiday. Put them in a foreign house in a foreign bed with foreign toilets and uh, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, this is why when we go away with the good mum, our other bestie, she's always like, do we have 27 bedrooms, 15 toilets and and 100 sound machines and enough food for an apocalypse? (laughs) So true. And she's so right. It makes it so much easier. You can't be chucking kids in rooms with other kids and no, no, no. Strange beds and all out of whack they just become absolute jerks and you wonder why you bothered exactly oh my god we could do a whole episode on traveling with kids and what a buzzkill they are (laughs) hang on hang on hang on may i bring your attention to an instagram post that you made you probably don't even remember this this is like a former mum life of yours i think rafa was like three months old I remember this vividly. I remember waking up one morning and seeing a beautiful photo of Rafa in a travel cot and you guys were away somewhere gorgeous on some beach and you waxed lyrical about the beauties of traveling with children and how you will always remember what she was like at three months because you've had this amazing holiday, how she didn't even know she was somewhere different and how she's been such a legend. Okay, I have to interrupt you right there. First of all, you claim to say that I stated travel with children. Okay, children, that's a lie. I had child, one singular child, travel with child, singular. I am so glad you're owning this. (laughs) Oh, hindsight is 2020. Oh, isn't it just? So what happened after you got back from your holiday? So that's when it all started to fall apart. It fell apart on the holiday, but we thought we're away when we get home and get back into the routine. She'll be fine. She'll totally understand how everything works again. How wrong I was. (laughs) Back in Sydney, the weather had turned to shit. I'm talking like seven days of rain, you know, that relentlessness of crappy weather. And I was running out of ways to occupy Rafa. And one of my mother's group friends said, oh, I'm taking Ingrid to Wizzy World. And I was like, Wizzy World? (laughs) How fabulous. Sounds like a hoot. Let's do it. Let's take the kids. To be clear what Wizzy World is, it's like one of those indoor play centers, but on crack. It's got this epic structure that has climbing frames and slippery dips, but it's four stories high, almost like... 
the ones that you see at McDonald's, but on crack. Like soft play. Soft play. So it's all padded and there's mesh and there's little obstacle courses and you can climb all the way up to the top and then you can slide on down. Sounds like Rafa's dream. Exactly. So my friend Ellie and I were sitting there and at this point, another friend of ours, Karen, had also joined. So the three of us are sitting there having a chat, letting the kids run wild, soft play, so we don't need to worry about much. I did have Iggy with me. He was in a baby soft play area, which was tailored to kids under one years old. So I was like, perfect. He's entertained. Raph is entertained. I'm here. Happy days chatting with the girls. Ellie suddenly goes, um, Jem, uh, oh, you might not want to, uh, yep, that's Rafa. I turned around and there was a slippery dip, four stories high, Rafa standing right at the top. She had removed her leggings and her undies. No idea where they were because they weren't anywhere near her. Just in a random ball pit somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And she was standing at the top of the slide and just straight up pissing down the slide. (laughs) We talk about owning it. She owned that moment. She was like, I'm the king of the world. (laughs) I have never been more horrified and mortified in my life. And there's no explaining out of that. (laughs) You just have to be like, it's like if you just farted in the middle of the office. Like, well, that's happening. (laughs) That's happening. (sighs) Instead of just standing there and looking at all the other parents and just being like, yeah, that happened. I panicked. Yeah. I ran to the bottom of the slide and I was like, Rafa, Rafa, Rafa. And there was no point telling her to stop peeing because you can't stop a kid mid-flow. There's no point. I've accepted that the flow is in full flight. And I don't know why, but all I could think was, where are your leggings? (laughs) Which is the most impractical thought. You were in shock. I was in shock. You were in shock. Funnily enough, she's so good at taking instruction. She actually walked off to the side behind some padding and went, here, mummy, and held up her leggings. She's still at the top of the slide, by the way. So I'm like yelling up four stories. And I said, give me the leggings. Give me the leggings right now. And she threw the leggings down the slide. And I quickly scrunched up the leggings into a ball. Now, another thing that I didn't mention is I am wearing a dress. It's summer, it's hot. I'm wearing this pink stripey dress. And then just picture me, full ninja style, gecko style, I should say, climbing up this slide. And as I'm going up towards her, window wiping the wee with her leggings. Because the only thing I could think that would absorb it quick enough were her clothes rather than getting a wipe. Because what the hell does a wipe do in that situation? So I'm like, like crawling up. Everyone, like a crab in like, your dress, like backwards up the slide. Absolutely. Everyone could see my ass. I mean, that was a given. Everyone in that center was like, thank fuck that isn't me. <laughs> Which Thank I, fuck that isn't my child. Thank God that's Rafa. And I wonder if someone was like, hey, isn't that Rafa? Oh God, don't even entertain that idea. <laughs> isn't that Gemma Pina from Instagram? Oh fuck, I would have died. I would have died. <laughs> uh, so the story doesn't end there, guys. Oh no. I wish it did. Oh no. Um, oh, I'm in pain for I, you. I know. It was the worst. I will never go back to Wizzy World. No, I, you can never I, go back there. I can never. And we should probably like let people know which Wizzy World so they can also not go there. <laughs> and I forgot to mention that, as always, when you've got two kids and trying to get out the door, I forgot to pack spare clothes. Yes, this is a classic you move. Correct. So thankfully, my friend Ellie said, oh, Ingrid's got, she's, because she was also 
she's the same age as Rafa, so she was also in the midst of toilet training. There is one of these mums in every mother's group who always has spare wipes, spare clothes, extra blueberries, extra little cut up sandwiches for the mums like us who just come with a wallet. Spot on. And Ellie saved me that day. So she borrows, Rafa puts on Ingrid's undies and little, they were cute little leopard print leggings. And I was like, thank God, thank God for you. And off she went. And I was like, whoo. And I was sitting there with Karen and Ellie just debriefing and being like, did that actually happen? And they were literally like, deep breaths, Jen, deep breaths. You're doing really well. Thank (laughs) God for the motherhood, sisterhood. Totally. What would we do without them? Next minute. Oh no. (laughs) Karen goes, is Rafa waddling? Oh no. And I turn around and she's waddling back towards me from the distance. She's probably about 10 meters away. She's like jumped off some merry-go-round thing and she's walking like a cowboy with that wide stride. And I was like straight, I knew instantly. I was like, there's a poo in her pants. She only walks like that when she has a poo in her pants. Just like thunder follows lightning. Yep. Oh no. And sure enough, she had done a whopping big gnarly squishy (laughs) poo in Ingrid's in Ingrid's pants in Ingrid's pants and I was like once again mortified is the theme of this story and Ellie she was so good she was like oh it's okay Jim like don't worry about it it's like I am so sorry I will get these undies washed and I will return them to you like fully sterilized and as I took Rafa into the bathroom her friend Ingrid was like I go toilet too because you know what kids are like they like monkey see monkey do so I was like oh come Ingrid and Ellie's like oh help wrangle Ingrid because you know, the last thing you need is another toddler trying to get in on this while you're trying to clean shit off your child's butt. As I pulled Rafa's undies down, even Ellie went, I don't need those back. <laughs> you, can, you can just put those in the bin. <laughs> there was no salvaging those undies. So I, I took them off Rafa and I chucked them straight in the sanitary bin. I was like, I'm- where is Iggy at this point? He's strapped to a pram because my little potato doesn't really do much um, and was with Karen and her little boy, Jules. Unfortunate name in 2020. I know, poor Karen. I know, it's so And she's such a legend as well. (laughs) So then at this point, Ellie says, I don't have any more spare undies. Jem, you've maxed me out of my spare undies I brought for my child. (laughs) So what did you do? Tuck and roll out of there? So Rafa ended up going home in nothing but her friend Jules's little boy undies, which had like, I don't know, trucks or something on them. And I never wanted to ever, ever, ever return to Wizzy World ever again. Oh my God. Yeah. So you can see why I am so over toilet training the same kid doing the redo. Like, like I feel like I've now spent actually... I've spent six months of my life dealing with Rafa and they say that girls, and again, I'm generalizing here, but the general rule is that girls are easier to train than boys. I mean, can you attest to that? Yes. So I, I'm the reason I led you down the garden path is that Isla did toilet train in like one day. I know she did. Yeah. But she did a lot of things like that. She was very eager (laughs) to smash her milestones and I was humble brag, a little humble brag (laughs) here from the smug mom. Um, she, toilet trained really quickly teddy took 12 months oh fuck so what am i in for with iggy am i in for that too don't even i don't know every kid's different blah 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 but um teddy we started at at two and a half because isla was two on the dot and she wanted to stop wearing nappies so she did that teddy we started at two and a half and he's just come to it at three and a half oh 
And it was constant back and forths and 2.0s and 3.0s and 4.0s and just redoing the toilet training over and over and over again. Anyway, he's finally got it now, but I can't tell you why it clicked, what we did. It's just like, I think we probably started too early. Boys are harder. And I hear that boys are scared of their own shits. (laughs) Whereas I love... What? Are you kidding me? They're obsessed with their own tackles. So how can they be scared of their... Obsessed with the front, scared of the back. (laughs) Actually, that sounds about right. (laughs) Um, But weren't you scared of your poo when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. My mum said I used to hide under the toilet and shove my heel up my butt and not let the poo come out and wait for the feeling to pass. And mum said she always knew I had three goes. So I'd go and hide somewhere to let the feeling pass twice. And on the third time it, it was coming. There was no stopping it. And what happens to a neuroleptically naive person when they hold in a shit for too long? I don't know. I'm Just shaking in the corner behind a curtain. I'm really feeling exposed on this podcast. I feel like I'm sharing shit that I never intended to. And here we are. Welcome to Gemma Exposed. No. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Who does have time for toilet training? It's so boring. And it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like so many things that we have to do with the, in these early years of bringing up these kids. It's like, yes, I know it will pass, but let me whinge about it while I'm in it. Absolutely. There's nothing worse. And I've probably been this to other people. I know people have been it to me. doesn't matter where you're at in the motherhood journey. There is always someone ahead of you who will look back and go, oh, I know it will pass or, oh, you think that's bad. Wait until they're insert age. But it's just like when we're in the trenches, in the thick of those things, you just got to whinge about it. Absolutely. The other thing I struggle with is they go, I know it's tough, but they'll become adults and you'll miss that time. No, I will never miss a time I was cleaning shit off carpet. No, will you? Exactly. No, never. Will you look back longingly at your days at Wizzy World and how you had to crab Ninja Warrior <laughs> up a slide, mopping up Rafa's piss? No. No. So I hope you've enjoyed your breakfast while we talk about kid poo, but let's move on to the hashtag not sponsored segment. Pleased to announce we still don't have sponsorship, but hey, we are okay with that because this is all about besties hanging out. Yay! No sponsorship, no little theme tunes. We'll get there. Yeah, we will have an intro and an outro eventually, guys. We promise. And as always, throw any suggestions our way. And also, oh my gosh, is this going to sound really thirsty? But something that I've been hearing that other podcasts do is they ask people to write a review. Yes, you have to write a review, guys, and you have to give it five stars. Is it annoying when people ask people to do that, though? I I don't really care. Guys, you've got to go and give it five stars. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're Kate Nobody. So you're allowed to say that stuff. I'm nobody. I don't care. You come at me. Don't at me. But come at me with the five stars and leave all the reviews, guys. You guys are leaving such nice DMs, which are amazing. But what will really help us keep this podcast going, which we hope you do want to be a contributor to the fact that we are staying afloat with the podcast, is by sharing those incredibly generous words in the reviews. So my hashtag not sponsored is a product that I cannot get enough of at the moment. Love a product record. You know, when we talk about pulling it together Mm -hmm. um, and I really make no effort, but I feel like this product just sorts me out. It's a Trini London. It's called lip to cheek pot and it's this beautiful color. I'll give you the color name. It's called Freddie. I'm such a fan of Trini. I know she's like in her 50s. Is she in her 50s? 
Yeah, she must yeah. be. She must and she, be. But she looks smoking and she's got amazing style and everyone remembers Trini and Susanna. Anyway, she has her own makeup line called Trini London. Freddie lip to cheek pot. You just rub your finger in, put a bit of color on your cheek, put a bit of color on your lips and you are good to go. I love a product that will do two things for the price of one. Yeah, two for one. The best. So Revzy, what's your hashtag not sponsored today? Okay, my hashtag not sponsored is... Everyone should go to Rise Up Australia. Oh, can... God. oh, hang on. You're you're about to push a charity, aren't you? Yes. Oh, you're so wholesome and I'm so on board with this and I'm really, I'm so glad that you brought this up, but I can't help but feel shallow talking about a makeup product beforehand. Hey, it's all about balance. <laughs> so one thing I really struggle with at Christmas with kids is the obscene amount of stuff they get and how that affects their behavior. So for my kids, particularly my three-year-old, it's very much rip the paper off and like, oh, cool, next. And it's just gross, right? So I'm always looking for ways to help them understand how lucky they are that they get presents and also to clear out a lot of the toys we already have ahead of Christmas in our house. So Rise Up Australia and New Zealand, you can go to their Instagram, which is riseupanz, rise with a Z. They are doing a Christmas drive for toys. What Rise Up Australia do is they help families whose lives have been rocked by domestic and family violence find their feet again, rehouse. Oh, so important. So important. And they help set up a home for these families who are fleeing domestic violence so they can start their life again. If you can't donate money, and money is always helpful for a cause like this, you can also donate stuff. And one thing a lot of us have is stuff. So instead of maybe putting it on Facebook Marketplace or selling it on eBay, have a think about maybe doing a drop to Rise Up Australia because it will really help someone have a better Christmas. Oh, I love that, Revzy. What a beautiful way to end the podcast. And insert outro here. One of these days we'll have an outro for our podcast. Sorry, I went like scat heavy there. Just like Team Kate, Team Kate. Kate is not great.